Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Octopulse, our Detroit News, Detroit Red Wings podcast. I'm Mark Faulkner, Detroit News Assistant Sports Editor, along with Ted Colfin, our Red Wings beat reporter. Coming up on the podcast, we'll talk with Sweden's Leo Carlson, the number one rated European player for the 2023 NHL draft in Nashville. But first, Ted, you're in Washington after the Red Wings practice on Monday. The Wings and Capitals meet Tuesday night at Capital One Arena, 7 p.m. start. The Wings only three points out of the playoffs now. They won those five straight games against Vancouver, Edmonton, and Calgary, and then lost on Saturday in Seattle. The Capitals have lost four in a row. They're just barely out of the playoffs as well. One point behind the wildcard teams, the Penguins and Islanders, one point ahead of the Red Wings. So, Ted, what did you make of that five-game winning streak? And what's the latest on tomorrow night's lineup against the Capitals? I don't know about you, Mark, but I was impressed. I mean, I don't think anybody mm-hmm. at all figured this team was going to go, what, on a 5-1 and one run or something like those right after the break. I mean, good for them. They've definitely played some good hockey. They fought teams such as Vancouver and Calgary who were in a tailspin and took advantage mm-hmm. of it. Uh, good for them. That's what it does. Yeah, yeah. Put together a win streak to get into the playoff race, and that's exactly what they did. And then, in terms of the lineup, yeah, like I'm sure you're going to hint here, Jacob Verana. There's it looks like it's a good chance he's going to mm-hmm. win, but there is the question <laughs> of who do you take out? I mean, everybody's everybody's basically playing pretty good hockey. So, what do you do? It is it's a as a Derek Lalone kind of mentioned today. It's a it's a nice luxury to have. So. I think there is a decent chance that Verona plays tomorrow against his former team, but mm-hmm. there is that point of who who exactly does he take out for a game or two? Well, let's hear from Jacob Verona. He's been traveling with the team since being recalled when Lucas Raymond was hurt. Verona went down to Grand Rapids, and after a slow start, he had 11 points in 17 games. Here's what he had to say about playing in the minors with Alex Nedeljkovic, Simon Edvinson and Andreas Johansson. That's been great since he got there. Uh, you know, he helped the team a lot. Um, it's been uh, giving us a chance to win games for sure. Um, on the other hand, you know, the younger guys, uh, uh, you know, Simon, Simon's been, uh, you know, playing really good. You can tell he's got, he's got a great vision and, you know, you know, he's, uh, he's really mature. Uh, I would say, um, in that case, I mean, of course, uh, he's just he just got to North America and play, play on on different ice. But uh, obviously, uh, I, you know, I was I was impressed with his game. Uh, of course, uh, you know, also Albert Johansson has been playing really get, good as well. Um, you know, he's, uh, you know, that's that some of the guys uh, had a really good vision and and you know you, they, you can tell that that they, you know they have a great potential. Uh, you know, uh, otherwise overall, like um, you know, guy's been great down there. Um, you know, we just. Uh, you know, we we were right there. Our, we were right there, um, right at the playoff spot, and and uh, fighting for that. So, um, obviously, I had, I had a great time. 
So there's Jacob Verana and a quick related item there. Ted, you will have a feature on Simon Edvinson coming up this week at DetroitNews.com. But how does Verana fit into things here, whether or not he faces his former team Tuesday night? What are your thoughts about Verana and who would you take out of the lineup? No, oh, I'm glad they're not paying me to make that decision, <laughs> my friend. That's a tough one. They all, yeah. they all are playing well. I mean, I would imagine you can give Oscar Sundqvist an occasional night off because of just the fact he is, seems like he is playing with a lot of injuries and whatnot. So that'd be kind mm-hmm. of a easy one to do there. But but another problem here is, so to speak, I mean, when Lucas Lucas Raymond's day to day, you know, has he's missed five or six games in a row now. When he does return here in the next, you know, in the next couple, within the next few games, probably. Okay. That just makes it tougher. I mean, uh, who do you, then you almost essentially have to take two guys out. So, yeah, it's going to be difficult. Uh, if we don't see Verona tomorrow night, I don't know, it becomes a little bit more of a difficult issue as to when we could possibly see him. Mm-hmm. Ted, one quick note that just came out earlier today. Dylan Larkin was named the NHL's third star this week, eight points in four games. He leads the team in goals with 22, assists 34, points 56, power play goals 11, power play points 21. What's the latest, though, on his contract status? Well, I'd still be a little surprised if anything comes together before the break, I just don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. But again, we've met, we've talked about this often, Mark. I'd be pretty much shocked if they don't get it done before July 1st. I mean, that's just seems to be Steve Eiserman's way of doing things with players of this type of ilk. He, he did resign, obviously, Olimata the other day. Mm-hmm. Two years, what, $3 million cap it. That's a different type of player, though, a different level of player, but... Dalen Larkin, I think we've talked about it often, Mark. He's born and bred here. He's admitted that he kind of has a difficult time seeing himself in anything other than a Red Wings jersey. It'll happen. They will sign Dylan Larkin, but I'd just be a little surprised if it happens here before next week trades deadline. I think it's going to be something that drags on a little bit more into the summer. You just mentioned Oli Mata. We'll hear from him in the second part of the podcast, but right now, it's our interview segment, and today's guest is the number one rated European player for the 2023 draft, Leo Carlson. Joining us now is 18-year-old Leo Carlson, the top-rated European skater in the NHL Central Scouting's midterm rankings, a consensus top-five pick after Connor Bedard and Adam Fantilli in the 2023 NHL draft in Nashville. And one of the youngest players on the up-and-coming Orebro team in the Swedish Hockey League. Leo, welcome to the podcast. Here in Detroit, there's a Red Wings connection to your team there in Sweden. Matthias Brome played for the Red Wings during the 2020 COVID season. I talked to him last night. He scored one goal in 26 games, a goal against Florida goalie Sergei Bobrovsky. He had lots of scoring chances, though, Leo. In his first game, he came out of the corner and he hit the crossbar in a 3 nothing loss against Carolina. He often played with Dylan Larkin and Tyler Bertuzzi, and he wound up on the taxi squad during the pandemic. He's 28 now. Yeah. He's back in Sweden with your fourth-place Orebro team. So what was it like playing on a line with him earlier this year, Leo? And 
How have the older players helped the younger guys with 11 games left in the regular season? Yeah, they take care of us good. I mean, they don't see us as uh, I mean, as juniors uh, off the ice. Uh, on the ice, they give us uh, some good tips uh, as well. Um, I mean, playing in line with him, you know, it's a, it's a good passer and a good skater. So, I mean, just just to get your blade, the blade uh, available to you so you, so, so you can have the puck. Good passer, good skater. He said he had uh, no regrets in Detroit, Leo. He was signed as a free agent for $925,000. He said the Wings gave him chances, especially in the first 10 games. But he said, quote, the puck just didn't want to go in. So what's it like trying to score goals? You have five power play goals this year. He has 10 in a really good defensive league, right, in the SHL. So. Uh, are are you getting scoring chances on your new line, and are the games really that tight defensively there? Yeah, I mean, if you have if you have a, a bad game, you're getting like 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 maybe one two two good chances. Okay, uh, I mean, but uh, if if you have a good game, you 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 can get seven as well. Yeah, yeah, it's very it's a very defensive league, and uh, it's uh, and not as easy to to rack up points and shots uh, yeah, as it's. Uh, over, over, over in the states, I think. How about your best game this year, Leo? The coach Nicholas Erickson said you played as much as fifteen minutes a game early in the season. Maybe not as much lately. Mm-hmm. You've played thirty-four games. Have you had a Have you had a game where you've had seven shots, or what has been like mm-hmm. your most productive offensive game as far as shots on goal and opportunities? I'm, uh, I don't think I have like a super high shot game. Mm-hmm. Uh, just past puck uh, sometimes last, uh, sometimes as well. But I mean, he had a three assist game against Kraftu uh, earlier this season. We have uh, one goal uh, and one and one assist game, and and then uh, and then a, a very good game, like uh, overall great creating chances as, as mm-hmm. uh, against Volve. Now, how did you wind up with Orebro, Leo? You were born in Karlstad. Mm-hmm. Taught by your dad Kenneth, who played Division One and Division Two hockey in Sweden, and you played for Farstad, a rival of Arebro, right up until 2020. So why did you make the move to Arebro? Yeah, my, my dad has a uh, huge, uh, huge input in my life, and yeah, both uh, both hockey wise and uh, normal life, or, or what you say. So uh, yeah, I mean, just uh, a lot of training when, when when I was young. I mean, started early uh, on the ice. Mm-hmm. And then just uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, finally fell in love with it uh, in in uh, early age. And why Orebro? Yeah, uh, it's a pretty long story, but uh, I didn't think first I would uh, would want me because uh, they just they usually taking players in the summer. Okay. Uh, but then they hasn't. But then they didn't didn't take any place in the place in uh, at summer. You know, in the hockey gym we call it here now your coach said you've handled all these distractions leo the media he said the scouts the agents and mm. one of his assistant coaches you were telling me stefan nyman he he's compared you to anzi kopitar who is 6'3 225 he's a two-time stanley cup champion with the la kings 1100 points in 17 seasons how would you describe your game? You're six three, about 195, 200 pounds. Are you a center or a wing? And is Kopitar's two way game something you would like to achieve as well? I am a center, and uh, that that uh, that no, that you know, I can, can play uh, at the wing as well. My game is pretty much uh, you know high hockey IQ. I think uh, 
how is he dies uh, not the fastest skater but uh acceleration but then i get through top speed of really fast leo thanks for your time so far there's a couple more questions uh yeah. brome said these final 11 games are really important to the team because orebro has never finished higher than six and you're already in fourth among the 14 teams and he said he's working for another nhl contract as well so you've got the playoffs coming up and he said you'll have a great summer with the combine the draft so how are you approaching this stretch drive and have you thought about the time you'll be spending with Bedard and Fentilli at all the press conferences at the draft in Nashville? Yeah, first of all, I think uh, I mean these games are really important, as Bromer said. Uh, I mean, eleven game left, and I mean this, the league is tight, so uh, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's important to to be good and uh, and and to be on uh, to be uh, on your feet, on your feet uh, every game. And finally, Leo, what if the Red Wings? draft you now it's unlikely they'll wind up with a top five pick but as you know detroit has a long history of taking swedish players all the way back to nicholas lidstrom henrik zetterberg and now young swedes like raymond edvinson and william wallander brome was the first orebro player to play in detroit what if you were the second player leo would be nice of course uh, a lot of the swedish a lot of swedish swedish players that, that i can you know detroit is good as uh, it's good at the develop, developing uh, uh, young players as well so will be perfect it would be perfect leo thanks again for your time today on the podcast talking to us about your hockey background in Sweden, the rise of the Orebro hockey program, and your status as one of the top draft picks in the upcoming NHL draft. Good luck down the stretch run and into the offseason. Thank you so much. Our thanks again to Leo Carlson for joining us here on the podcast. And as we mentioned earlier, let's hear from Wings defenseman Oli Mata. As Ted said, he signed that the two-year contract for $6 million, $3 million per year. And here's what he had to say about why he likes playing in Detroit. I like the way we play. I think it fits uh, fits me well. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of freedom, but also also uh, there's there's systems that are that are in place, um, and uh, we play good. Uh, we play good as a five man unit, and when everybody's on the same page, and that's that's the biggest thing. We can't really get uh, get to our own page because we're not a good team. Then uh, when we play as a five man unit, we're uh, really hard to beat and uh, we're hard to play against. Oli Mata there, and talking about the team structure, the five-man units, and the freedom to make plays, Ted noted in one of his Mata stories last week, Mata has 17 points already and is trending toward his best offensive season since he had 29 points in the second year of his back-to-back Stanley Cups in Pittsburgh. And Ted, what do you like about his game? And it's probably no coincidence, is it, that whoever he's paired with that player tends to benefit from his steady play. Mark, I've been impressed. I mean, I wasn't sure what to really expect from the guy. I mean, he's, you heard you heard some good and bad from his years in what Los Angeles and Chicago, but I think he's been a durable, good, stable defensive defenseman who has added a little bit more offensively to this season. I think a little bit more than they probably expected, and good for him. I think he's a good guy in the locker room. Um Fair, good, fair contract, and he didn't seem like he didn't seem like he wanted to leave. He enjoyed it here and is enjoying it here. So it's a good signing, good solid signing. Very shrewd signing last summer, and it's worked into a mm-hmm. situation where you're gonna you're gonna have a good veteran defenseman now for a couple more years. And finally, let's hear from Wings coach Derek Lalonde talking about 
Philip Zadina, who returned to the lineup right when this winning streak started. Zadina scored the game-winning goal against the Flames back at LCA on February the 9th. That's now three points in six games, plus two, six shots. Here's what Lalone had to say. He's competing. He's trying hard. Yeah, we've been very happy uh, with he and I think he's managing his game like the rest of the guys, limiting turnovers. He's winning some battles, uh, been involved with some offense, so uh, some positives. I liked simple play, just um, him punching out on the point in the D zone coverage, blocking a shot, chipping it out, setting up the next line. So good things like that, and he's definitely trying. So, so there you have Lalone Ted talking about Zadina using words like competing, winning battles, making simple plays, chipping in offensively. What do you make of Zadina so far? He's not playing much, the fewest minutes of all the forwards, and he's done well, sometimes playing with Puce Suter. What about Zadina? And again, can you talk a little bit about perhaps the most significant game coming up Tuesday night, maybe with Zadina in the lineup, probably, against the Capitals, probably the most important game of the four-year rebuild. The Wings are still in the playoffs, only three points out of the wild card position. No, oh, Mark, they're very much in the playoff picture. I think in, mm-hmm. they're in fantastic shape, actually. I think them and Buffalo, they're both sitting pretty right now. After they both, especially the Wings, have played so well here lately. Buffalo, I believe, is also on a what four and two run or something. Every everybody else around them is faltering. So mm-hmm. they're and they, they both have four or five games in hand. So I think the Red Wings are in very good shape right now. And, Give credit again, and we, like we talked about just now, that win streak has done wonders for them. It, it, they have games in hand, and they've earned points. They've beaten teams they're supposed to beat. And yeah, you're right. Tomorrow's I, I wouldn't turn it the game of the century <laughs> just yet, but it's a good, it's a pretty mm-hmm. important game for them, Mark. No question about it. If you beat Washington tomorrow night, you're you're sure as heck gonna you're sitting pretty because. What there are what four or five games in hand on Washington. Mm-hmm. Washington's played about as much as anybody in the jumble of teams fighting for that wild card spot. So you're definitely going to dent Washington's chances, and you you climb up to about one or two, well, probably a couple points behind that last wild card spot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, it's there's some sort of little bit of pressure there, and it'll be interesting to see how these guys handle it. Because let's face it, Mark, there's a lot of guys on this team who have not played an important game like this late in the season so yeah it'll be interesting to see how some of these people uh take on that sort of responsibility and Zadina yeah I I, he's been very in in that time he's been on the ice he's been noticeable Mm -hmm. um he's done a nice job he made please made some plays hasn't always resulted in the score sheet he's he's, I think he has a couple assists but he's played well I uh I don't think you can he's done what you could expect I guess out of him having missed that much time playing in a limited role, but again, he's, it'd be with, if Verona does come back in, I guess Zadina could be a potential guy who comes out, but mm-hmm. I doubt it because I think he's done enough to maybe sure. warrant his stay, you know, and then line up a little bit longer. And that'll do it for episode 85 of our Detroit news, Detroit Red Wings podcast. Thanks again for your time today, Ted in Washington. You can find all of Ted's stories online at DetroitNews.com as well as on our Octopulse facebook page thanks again for listening everyone we'll be back for our next podcast right after the trade deadline just gonna run this 
dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.